0: Comment, and share. Hello, hello. Everyone, it's V, the Guerrilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. I just want to tell you all that our Prime Minister, Liz Tross, has resigned. She is the iron twit, and she has realized that she is in over her head, and her budget uh, 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 machinations, as well as her, uh, her effort into trying to correct what is going on in the UK, has utterly and disastrously failed in a very large and major way. Uh, with us live is the one and only crypto cowboy. He is broadcasting live from where are you, cowboy? Nottingham, Birmingham, Yorkshire.
1: Uh, I'm 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 in Rottingham. Yeah. Rottingham,
0: that's right, Rottingham. So tell me, uh, cowboy. I know you had a, a a very succinct phone call with Liz Troth. Uh, what has occurred? What? Why did she resign? She was the iron, the successor to Margaret Thatcher, reincarnated for the twenty first century.
1: Well, well, as we know, she was going to come on with this sort of a new conservative bent where she would uh, perhaps decrease the taxes and increase the, the giveaways, you know. So not exactly austere, was she? no. But unfortunately, this, this does not work in the current environment, no, not, not economically. So when, uh, when everything started to fall apart and the Bank of England had to come in and wipe her ass, they went ahead and gave her the sack. It was not a not a terribly large surprise, was it?
0: No, it was not. And I've heard that blowjob is coming back. Is that true? The haircut, looking what? for a brain, blowjob.
1: Yes, yes, that is, that is a fact. Because uh, basically, the uh, the people over there love their blowjobs, and so they're going to have one back, aren't they?
0: That's going to be wonderful. Maybe they can blowjob will keep them warm, as we freeze as we enter austerity. Because it's all Vla- it's all Vladov Putler's fault. Vladov Putler is the problem here.
1: Oh well, yes, of course, our Lord Vladov is trying to uh, rebuild the USSR and uh, institute all of the is you know, to, terrible things, you know, to, things, well, you know he's, he wants yes. to get rid of cancel culture and all the lovely things we hold dear over here in the LGBT uh, world. How you
0: know. dare he try to get rid of cancel culture and his infinity for the orthodox church? Uh, so I don't, don't know, you know. Pro-family, just... pro-Christianity. Yes,
1: this is crazy. This I um, started to rename it cancer culture because it's just about as bad,
0: isn't it? It is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But we, like the Americans, we feel a very powerful military, ready to take on Vladov Vlodaf- Putler, our military, just like the Americans. We've lost every single war, but we are some of the best in the planet.
1: Oh, well, isn't gigibly. this true? Yes. Actually, we have we won the the, the little bit of a skirmish down in Falkland. Uh, went ahead and gave us a bit of.
0: right, uh, the Argentinians, right over fishing rights, I think it was, right. So I think we
1: we killed a seal or two, you know, The okay. penguin. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. oh, oh,
0: those, those were those are minipeds. We will not call. But it's the it very same as. as I didn't the want our American fans to think that we've killed seals, and they construe that as Navy seals.
1: Oh, yes, that's this was the plan all, the, all along, wasn't it? And of course, it was very similar to when the Americans went ahead and went into Grenada. You know, it's just nearly a bit of a victory, beat up on somebody very small. You know, how that's what we're
0: good at. at. I mean, our precision-guided munitions are quite adept, are very adept, at destroying mud huts, thatched roofs, especially our bunker busters are wonderful at thatched roofs and mud huts. And these oh, yes, unwashed masses roofs are of the so third world. aren't
1: they? What? Those thatch roofs are so flammable, aren't they?
0: They're, they go up quite lovingly, especially when you use a thermobatic device. Oh, just to hear those, those third-world miscreants scream in agony as they scream for Allah as how mighty bombs fall on them, but I don't know about these Russians. They kind of worry me.
1: What uh, say, you know, after this uh, lovely talk, perhaps we should go outside and use a bazooka to blow up a fly?
0: Yeah, you know, we cannot have bazookas here. Maybe a water bazooka. Remember, oh. we mustn't. Isn't that what... A we water mustn't. bazooka
1: is your favorite toy in the bedroom, isn't it? Listen,
0: anyway? there's a reason why I've kept myself off of Epstein's list with Andrew. Uh,
1: of course, of course, Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, he likes to put special uh, ingredients in the water bazooka, doesn't he? he? The,
0: if he, the problem with Andrew is he was very flippant and rampant with his bazooka. This yes. led him yes. to have a myriad of different problems on Epstein's Island, did it not?
1: Yeah, he liked to go super-soak 17-year-olds, I heard.
0: Super-soak is right. Yes. And luckily, it was the last super-soak he did cost him 12 million pounds. Yes, told and He told tight, the huh? lunch to shut up and go away, and to mm-hmm. tell the media that she was, in fact, the age of consent.
1: <laughs> we chased God. off CJ, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> CJ just bailed on us. He's like, screw these guys. Screw they can't guys. take this seriously. I'm hammer some tequila. Anyway, guys, it's Rogue News in the morning. I am the gorilla. He is the cowboy, and we're together. Lots of things going on. Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Real Rogue News on every single podcasting app. Nerd to humanity, where everybody want to be, plus a bag of fish and chips. And uh, with that being said, uh, CJ, are you there? Are you even there, CJ? Did he just boot No, up, No, no, uh, he, he'll be right back. Oh, he'll be, Oh, oh. There's the message right there. Brb. Yes, yes, yes. Indubitably. Cabo, I don't be... know where you want to begin, man. <clears throat>
1: well, I think uh, what's been helpful and what a lot of people um, in our audience are are kind of liking is when we sort of do some. We define some terms that we use a lot on the show. You know, we say things like IMF. We say things like World Bank. Um, you know, International Monetary Fund. <clears throat> and those are things that in our discussion today, it'll be helpful to know what they are. But before we get into definitions, because that's just always so dry and fun, um, we are going to talk about the fading dollar.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so there's CJ. CJ's back. I'm and back. So You missed this, everything.
1: You missed, you've missed No, everything. I was laughing.
2: I was laughing. I, I was listening to my phone as I stepped away. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: <laughs> I wonder how much Squash. I wonder
2: how much really like if you think about it, how much really like King Charles had something to do with that decision. King yeah. Charles, God saved the I, king. I, I guarantee you that he said, No, 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 I'll decide what peasant I, I have. And and I mean 44 days, and they're they're saying, Well, I couldn't get a budget passed or whatever. You I mean, know, you just, know the numerology guys right. are
0: gonna be running wild with that number. 44 days.
2: Yeah. It is a time
0: when Uranus is aligned with Neptune.
2: I think the king decided And Mercury is in
0: Saturn. Weird. I don't, I mean,
1: out. I'm with you, CJ. Um, I am with you 100%, except I'm not sure that Charles has the capacity. Um, I don't even I think, it's think
0: it's a king decision, I, I think he, that's his own political party, man.
1: Yeah, I think it's like maybe all the people who tell Charles what to do, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely through Charles, if not Charles himself. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, they, they have a representative monarchy, but you know, I think it's the same thing as us, maybe even a little more consolidated where. Um, you know, we have all these people who basically just do whatever they want, and we supposedly vote for them, but it's like even worse over there, I think.
0: Yeah, UK is completely hijacked, completely hijacked. European Union is probably the European Union is the Soviet Union, you know, 2.0. That's what they that's what the EU is. It's incredible to see it.
1: It's uh, one thing that people don't know about the EU, but the MEPs, the member of the European Parliament. Um, now this, I, I have never been to the parliament. I only got this from, uh, (laughs) I think it was a former uh, MEP and I'd have to find the interview to really kind of tell you, you know, to give it a little more credibility, but he was just saying, basically they just sign what they're told to sign. Like they vote how they're told to vote. I mean, there's not really, and they have so many votes, like they vote so many times a day. At least back in the era that this uh, this documentary was, that there's no possible way they can read through all of the bills. They just oh sign this, sign that. So I don't think it's that different here. Um, you know, it just seems like it's a little more, um, you know, uh, whatever the word is over there. <laughs> I don't want to use the word corrupt because I think we're just as corrupt in a different way. But um, I think they're more NPCs than MEPs.
0: I have know? a guy who uh, I've mentored. To some regard, and um, helped him out, and he's done phenomenal for himself. He's, you know, getting his masters in economics. Um, he's, he actually went to the von Mises Institute. Uh, he, he's right now. He's on his way to. He's going to be a. I think he's going to be one of the fellows at the Hoover Institution. Does so, he like squash rackets? N- 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 some yeah. And I asked him one time. I said. Why exactly? Can you exactly detail? Because I want him to come onto the program. And I told him, I said, listen, I want to know, why is corruption so rampant in Washington, D.C., and they get away with murder here? Literally murder. And his answer to me was, well, simply, in America, corruption is legalized. I said to myself, bloody hell, that's exactly what it is. It's legalized.
1: Lobbying, they call it.
0: Lobbying and all the other things with it. It is completely legal. That's why Nancy Pelosi is worth $300 million. And Hillary Clinton is well, the greatest whatever you mean? trader ever.
1: She's, she's the best trader of our generation. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: There's a lot you can learn from Nancy and her trades. That is for sure. Absolutely.
1: Almost like go to a cut glass accent. You know, like the, uh, uh, it's kind of like that. Weird accent they did a hundred years ago. Come on, everybody! Chollio, oh no, she's the greatest trader ever. I like the
0: accent from the movie uh, Snatch. You ever seen Snatch? Oh, many. That's one of my favorites. Dude, one of my favorite. CJ, have you seen Snatch? I think so. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's been a minute.
0: Brad Pitt, Guy Ritchie, Mm -hmm. freaking phenomenal, hilarious movie. I love Snatch, and um. I, have to watch oh, I love The gypsy too. accent is hilarious, man. It's oh, hilarious. the pikies. Yep, the pikies. Exactly out,
1: right. i fight your heart. Yeah. No, give him a, give him a pair of Paradigm shoes. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he gonna get him to buy his a pair of Paradigm shoes? Yep. Like, cause the they were out there negotiating, and they're in the middle of a field, and they put these plastic bags around their leather shoes, and so they're telling him, you know, Brad Pitt's telling him what they have to do in order to get him to throw the fight. And he's like, you know, telling him, oh, you know, I want this, I want that. And at the end, he was, and right, you get the boys a pair of them shoes. Like, mm-hmm. get all the boys a pair of those shoes, making fun of them. Um, if you like Snatch, uh, the kind of pre- precursor to Snatch is uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, that might even be, I, I'd hate to say it's better because Snatch is just so well produced, but Snatch was amazing. It was hilarious. But Lock, Stock is great too. Um the Gentleman, that's really good. That's another, you know, Guy Ritchie does just great movies. Rock and Rolla was really good, but The Gentleman came out a few years ago. That's a killer movie. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the the subject matter today is going to come actually from. Let me see here, it's Andy <coughs> Schechter, I believe is his name. Let me uh, just make sure I'm pronouncing that properly here. Oh, um, uh, I sent CJ a um a link. It's Andy Schechtman, forgive me. Um, it's a link to his interview with Robert Kiyosaki, but Andy Schechtman's been talking about this for years. And what it is, is Andy Schechtman actually has um, the what he believes to be the architecture of the attempted Great Reset. And so, you know, this is another kind of a cowboy, um, meaty discussion, right? It's, it's going to involve some things um, as far as the history, um, of what's happened to gold in the last, just the last few years, it is going to do a brief history of, um, actually, you know, Bretton Woods and the reserve currency. You know, we've talked about that enough times on the show that I don't think I need to go over that. Um, I did go over a lot of this stuff two weeks ago. So feel free to reference that show. I believe it's going to be up on, uh, on rumble if it's not still on Twitch. Um, so I think that I'll start with Bretton Woods um, so if everybody straps in, I'll try to make this as brief as possible. And then, you know, uh, V, you've been talking about a lot of the stuff already. So Some of the things I'll say on here are going to be like, duh. Um, but uh, this, this guy just lines it out so well. Hmm. So to kind of start at the beginning, after World War II, we know that the dollar was uh, agreed upon by the private central banks to be the world's reserve currency. And what you can do is you can trade, uh, what, $35 for an ounce of gold. Correct. And so basically um, the U.S. and to the extent the Bank of England held most of the world's known gold at the end of World War II. It was kind of like, hey, you know what? You guys have had a bunch of wars and it's not really safe to hold your gold on your continent because it could just be stolen. So why don't you give it to us? We'll hold it for safekeeping. In the meantime, um, you know, we'll give you money for that. And you can use that money to buy U.S. treasuries and actually get a return. And if you want your gold back, it's $35 an ounce. And you know, when, when things are safer, you can get your gold back. Um, so that's kind of why you know, we had a lot of the world's gold. I don't know how much we still have. Um, I believe they kept We it have the,
0: deep storage gold. It's uh, deeply well, yeah. stored in the rectums of many of the deep state uh, uh, you know, shareholders.
1: Yeah, Lego Batman uh, writer went and uh, confirmed that for us. Yes,
0: he he did. Lego Batman writer, which is Steve Mnuchin, the slumlord extraordinaire, the slumlord that Jared Kushner could take notes from uh, because Kushner is also a slumlord, uh, literally owns slums. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, he went to go see. And in fact, we do have the United States has deep storage gold. No one's audited it. No one's seen it. But trust us, we have deep storage gold. What this is, you know, I'm getting sick. I'm, I'm going to, with everything that's been going on, cowboy, two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to have like a long two hour, three hour solo dolo um, layout of the United States financial con game that's been going on since 1948 till today and how it all changed. I have all these detailed notes that I've been compiling, or I'm going to fucking just write a book, man. It, it's going to be one of those two things. Because people Dude, need to know this, bro. It's an unbelievable. They, Every day I look at the data, I want to smash my head through the desk. I'm like, yo, this is like so obvious.
1: Well, this Man. is now, this is what Sheckman has actually been saying. So he he's like, over the last few years, first of all, Sheckman's like, um, he sells a lot of precious metals, right? So he was yeah. actually seeing in real he's time. He's called uh,
0: Covey Cummington. What's his name? Miles Cummington, Miles Franklin. Are you
1: talking Cumming, about his firm?
0: Yeah, Sheckman, whatever. He, he's a retailer. Yeah, he's he's a retailer. That's what we so... have. We have deep bunghole gold. Our deep time bunghole, out yeah. yeah, our time is out. says the best. We have deep bunghole gold.
1: <laughs> so um, <laughs> so Sheckman, of course, was noticing the flows of gold, right? Um, and what he started to notice back in, well, it was like, say, 2017. That's when Bitcoin started to kind of go off. And he noticed a lot of investors were actually selling gold. But then, certain that this was not true for all investors, and in fact, it wasn't true for the most important investors, right? So we'll come back to this 2017 where things begin to ramp up because there's a lot of things that lead up to that. But I will briefly go over them. Um, so, okay, now gold was or uh, the uh, Bretton Woods was the agreement. The dollar was convertible to or 35 dollars per ounce of gold. Right, you could you could do it at a bank. Technically, you're supposed to be able to, but I think it was more for governments to do rather than people. Um, gold's not convenient; people mostly didn't care. Um, gold became legal to own after. Well, no, that was later. So, what matters though is that uh, President de Gaulle of France at the end of the Vietnam War was kind of looking at the amount of paper of you know dollars he had, yep. and he understood because France was in Vietnam before the U.S. He kind of understood the cost of war. And so he got suspicious that we couldn't honor the gold at 35 an ounce. Absolutely. So what he did was he said, okay, I can tell that you do not have all of the uh, gold that you say you have. We uh, therefore, I want to go ahead and repatriate our gold. And so they went ahead and got their gold back. And Germany followed suit and a few other countries um, you know, tried. And at that point, of course, we had been printing way more dollars than could be honored you know, at the $35 an ounce agreement. Um, So Nixon went ahead and closed the window in 1971. Uh, He did say it's temporary, but of course, like all emergency measures in recent history, temporary means not temporary. So in 1974, Kissinger went out, talked to Saudi Arabia, said, hey, we will protect you if you give us all the cheap oil we need for our military. And they created the petrodollar with the agreement that all dollars would be, all oil would be sold in
0: dollars Uh, by open here's the kicker to that petrodollar setup that a lot of people don't realize here we that was set up as the united states as the importer of last resort right and the importer of last resort what the hell that means is this when the saudis sold or or when they when they uh, price their oil in dollars okay they get paid in dollars and rather than having it paid in dollars the agreement for the petrodollar was like hey here's the deal You know, you're getting all this money from all this oil revenue. Why don't you take a good chunk of that money and reinvest it back in our markets? And that's what every single one of our trade partners did. Why? Because we don't have no fucking industry. Our industry is paper, right? We're a country that cannot even produce and ramp up toilet paper production. But we have something that no other country in the world has. We have a printing press and the best financial fraud that God has ever put, that God has ever seen, ever seen on this earth. So a lot of countries went along. And they, you know, they take their dollars and they invested in our markets and everybody was hunky-dory until 2008. But go ahead. Continue, cowboy.
1: Well, that's and we will lead to that. As a matter of fact, another thing that happened is I believe uh, not necessarily part of that agreement straight up, but as a result of that agreement, uh, we have about a trillion dollars of Saudi money on lock and the exchange uh, stabilization fund. And one of the things that's happening right now geostrategically is that, of course, Saudi Arabia, the very day after we bungled out of Afghanistan and left our own people behind enemy lines, Saudi Arabia smelled blood in the water. And they talked to Russia the very next day and said, "Okay, we're going to have a joint military uh, agreement here. (laughs) Right. So, you know, at that point, what will (laughs) happen is that if Saudi you know if if whatever goes sour, we technically have the ability to um uh unprotect that trillion dollars in the ESF. And I heard it actually might be like four trillion, but you know, essentially we might just you know take that trillion dollars. That that's one thing, but that's a side note, right? Mm-hmm. So this was the beginning of the petrodollar, the petrodollar created an artificial demand. Um, for the dollar because it had to be used in in oil trade. And quite frankly, it's been, you know, uh, that translated to pretty much any commodity trade and oil being energy, energy being the primary input as per last week's discussion around Arthur Hayes's article um, that demand has actually, that that was a genius move by a desperate group. Um, There's a little more to it um, with the ability to make other countries whole for what was owed to them because of all the printing. What we actually did was we, Um, The EPA was created around 1971-ish, and they went ahead and created a bunch of these national uh, monuments under which are a lot of mineral wealth. And that mineral wealth was promised to these countries to whom we owe the money. So essentially, um, the mineral wealth that we have in this country is promised to other people as a result of the money printing that went on. So the inflation that you see takes many forms, and that's just one of them. Um, so that's another side note. But let's get back to the story of the money, right? So once we went fiat, once the dollars were taken off the gold standard, of course, we all know the story of printing and inflation. Um, so, you know, this is going to kind of, I'm going to circle back to this gold sales that Sheckman was noticing, right? So Bundesbank repatriated gold in 2017, right in the middle of when gold was just not doing well in price. Um, They went ahead and repatriated their gold, which of course, uh, Andy Schechtman was like, wow, that doesn't make any sense. Gold is really not performing right now. The market is is just doing great. Why would anybody want to repatriate their gold, right? And that actually ended up being the same year uh, that the repo market crashed. And it was during a time when many investors, like I said, were selling gold due to lackluster performance. But as soon as Bundesbank repatriated their gold, then followed Austria, Hungary, Turkey, uh, Czechs, Dutch, all the, a lot of other national banks went ahead and repatriated their gold. Right Now, the last time that the repo market crashed was in 2008 during the Great Financial Crisis. The Great Financial Crisis went ahead and was the reason that Basel III was created. We're going to get to Basel III in a little while. First, in 2018, what happened? These same countries, these sovereign wealth funds, and uh, also um, the, you know a lot of large traders um, and soon-to-be family offices, they, they bought more gold as a group than the prior 60 years combined in 2018. So gold's performing terribly. And all these countries are not only repatriating, but they're accumulating. Of course, China and Russia, we know they've been accumulating. So this is what Andy Shekman calls mile marker number one. He said, in 2019, after this accumulation and repatriation, the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, classified gold as the world's only other tier one reserve asset, aside from the USD. Now, what does a tier one asset mean? Um, As of Bretton Woods, the only tier one asset was the dollar, the USD. And a tier one asset is what a a country or any fund, really, a sovereign wealth fund, I I believe it also applies to um, just any financial balance sheet was that the USD is valued at a hundred percent one-to-one on the balance sheet. So you might have other assets on there, but they're not valued as a one-to-one. And in fact, gold was a tier three asset. So let's just say you're a sovereign wealth fund. You have $500 billion of gold on your balance sheet. Like technically you have that gold. It's only valued at 250 billion instead of 500 billion because it was a tier three asset. So a year after all of these countries repatriated their gold and then accumulated more gold than they did in the prior 60 years, all of a sudden gold was changed to a tier one asset. So their balance sheets as uh, with respect to gold doubled overnight. I mean, the word must've gone out people. (laughs) You think about that. How did they know? How did they know to accumulate? How did they know they would basically get double the value on their assets overnight, technically like, you know, we'll just say over new year's Eve. Um, so what then happened was basically the BRI really started to gain steam. So the belt road initiative is the largest infrastructure project in history on earth. Um, it covers 75% of the human population and 45% of the world's GDP. And that's GDP. That is funny numbers. Like the real GDP is probably higher than that. Um, so the Belt and Road Initiative, we know what this is, right? This is an economic cooperation, which pretty much covers Europe and Asia and Africa. And, you know, they offered for the United States to come and help out and be a part of that. And the United States was not interested. So now you have this, this giant, ginormous cooperation being built that's going to take, I mean, it's, it's decades of work. But there's no U.S. participation. There's no USD dollar settlement. And in fact, it's all settled in the digital yuan, which is also known as the gold trade note because those digital yuan can be converted into gold through the Shanghai exchange. And the Shanghai exchange actually uh, delivers like 100 times more gold than like daily or weekly Bingo. than the COMEX does. And the COMEX is who sets the price for gold. So, you know, this is like... This is starting to get kind of crazy. So what's the COMEX? Because this matters. The COMEX is the uh, United States-based exchange where the gold price is essentially set. It was, it was created as a way for farmers and other commodities, merchants, if you will, to kind of hedge their bets. Let's just say that maybe uh, some corn farmer has 100 bushels of corn. And he needs to sell it at $200 a bushel in order to stay profitable or to get the profit that he needs or whatever it is. But, you know, the sales are not going to happen until October and the corn, you know, it's still spring. He's still growing his corn. There could be storms. There's a lot of unpredictable situations. So that farmer who has that corn in uh, production, he literally has it, can actually short his own product to basically make an agreement with somebody else to buy it at $200 in the future. Right. So that way for unforeseen circumstances, he can kind of make up that risk through a futures contract. And that's why the COMEX was invented. And now it's just abused. It's become a casino. Uh, you got guys shorting and longing corn that don't have any corn. You know, it's, it's a, you know, there's naked shorting on there. It's, it's
0: just, I do a, a to... I do a lot of naked shorting on my corn.
1: Yeah, you, you do a actually Hunter of- Biden
0: does a lot of naked shorting on his corn.
1: Yeah, he definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got he's got a short corner, probably. So you know, with all of that, it, the Comex, right? They <laughs> the amount of gold delivery from Comex in the last few years has been humongous. The gold and silver has been being pulled off Comex, and I think Comex changed their rules. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. The I think the Comex changed their rules not that long ago to where they can, they don't, they're not required to settle in physical. They can actually uh, settle in cash equivalent and they can tell you to F off if you want physical. Technically, that just means they ran out. Well, here's right. the thing
0: uh, in regards to hobos, <coughs> excuse me, hobos, uh, question uh, run out. Uh, Comex is, is, is in New York, it's in Manhattan. Um, it, here's the funny thing with Comex, right? Something crazy has happened a few months ago, and it was reported on the news. Some people caught it. Most people didn't. And if you remember, I think you and I talked about this, and I think I mentioned this to you. It was the first time that COMEX actually, a COMEX contract, the counterparty to a contract that was on the COMEX demanded physical delivery, and it was delivered. Okay? So that means they took that from somewhere. And there are people out there that, that, that vault with, like, you know, one of the vaults in the United States. That's why I don't trust any U.S. vaulting facilities. There's a vaulting facility in, in Delaware that's quite popular, which is called the Delaware Depository. There's, you know, guys. Oh, that's to... Biden land. Yeah. It's, it's Joe Biden's backyard. The, the freaking vault is in a ghetto neighborhood. I mean, it's terrible. You, you, you know, it, it, it's in the middle of trap houses. They have a vault. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. And it's a known fact, and I've had experience with the Delaware Depository working with a client one time when we had to get some metals out of there, where when the metals were taken out, we've noticed some of the serial numbers on the bars were different. And that realized back then years ago, like almost 10 years ago, I realized, holy shit, these are not the bars that were originally stored by the client. These are completely something else. So COMEX is one of those clearing vaults that would show up for you know uh the, i'm sorry the delaware Depository is one of those clearing vaults for the comex when the comex don't have physical delivery capability so that means they're taking out of clients storage that's supposed to be you know segregated storage supposedly but it's not and this is the big problem here so the you know, a couple months ago when the comex contract was settled I think it was like a hundred tons of gold 110 tons of gold or something like that that was settled it had to be delivered. They had to get it from somewhere, and that's the thing. So it's like, eh, bro, when this thing blows, there's a lot of people and some some individuals that have metals vaulted in the United States. It's not going to be there when they come redeem it. It ain't going to be there.
1: Oh, they, they probably MF globaled it. They, they did a fractional reserve with gold, like uh, Corzine, like uh, Obama's buddy did, like 10. 10- years ago, whatever it was, where they sold the same brick of gold to like five guys?
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's a Absolutely. joke. So
1: look, I mean, we, we talk enough on the show about if you don't hold it, it's not yours. Um, you know, the same goes for crypto that goes for gold, right? So, you know, because these these exchanges, crypto exchanges, if it's a centralized exchange, they're they're definitely fractional reserving. Like they don't, they're not holding all of it. If everybody goes to take all the crypto off at the same time, then that's going to be a problem. Um, so, in the story with the COMEX, the, I think one of the main things to know is that there was a new group of people in, I think, 2019 that started uh, you know, trading on the COMEX and taking delivery, right? So you have like basically the speculators and the commercial banks kind of trading against each other on the COMEX. One goes long, one goes short. Um, but then there's this group kind of they're just on the commitment of traders which is just a report that comes out that talks about the positions you know um this the it talks about the largest traders positions on the comex and there's a new group on there called the others and basically like family offices and they started taking a uh, physical possession of gold so you know everybody's hoarding gold is kind of like the point <laughs> and it's interesting that this followed not you know the 2018 move from gold, from a tier three to tier one, after every or it was 2019, after everybody was accumulating, and then right about that time, the IMF goes ahead and says we want a new Bretton Woods. So Bretton Woods is the agreement that made the dollar their world's reserve currency. So all of this is, and I mentioned China because this is going to lead into the BRi and why the dollar. Is going to be used less and less. Now I'm not somebody who thinks that um, it's all going to happen at once because these things happen slowly until they don't. Right there, there will be an inflection point where things ramp up very quickly, uh, more you know, more quickly than they are now. But again, back to what uh, Shackman calls Mile Marker Three, is that the the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and the Saudi smelling blood in the water and making an, uh, an agreement with Russia. And Nigeria did the same thing. They made a, a defense agreement or a security agreement with Russia. And Nigeria is openly now selling oil to China for the petrol you want. And that bond is convertible to gold on the Shanghai gold exchange. Yep. So, you know, basically they are all, it's in place now. So now here's the, the mile marker four that he, that he talks about. And this is actually, we've talked about this on the show. Do you guys remember when Ukraine first started and we went ahead and um, confiscated the Russian Forex reserves. I don't know, what was it, 350 billion? How much was it? Was it was like 300 uh,
0: million, something like that.
1: 300 million. So what that did, it basically told everybody in the world, like, oh, well, your dollars are not safe. Your dollars are not yours. So if you, if you do something that the empire doesn't like, then the empire is going to take your dollars. So all that did was basically push Russia into the arms of, like, you know, basically China. Um, using SIPS, which is SIPS is the Chinese version of Swift. Yep, um, and they also have their
0: the Russians have their own money transfer system called Double Eagle.
1: Do- Double Eagle, really?
0: Yeah, eh, it's a funny Double name. Eagle. Yep, that's great. That's, that's ironic.
1: Um, so look, the you know, of course, the big question is, was this done on purpose? Um, Andy seems to think that it was. He thinks that this is how they're going to push the Great Reset. That's his theory. Um, he thinks that all of this machinations, messing with Russia's gold, um, was to basically push the Great Reset. Because what's going to happen now is that you have the Belt and Road Initiative. He thinks the Petri Yuan is like, or the Digital Yuan is like a beta test. And as soon as everybody kind of gets everything where they need it to be, as soon as the pieces are in place... He thinks that the rest of the world, or I should say 75% of the world's population outside of the Five Eyes and their lapdogs will go ahead and say, hey, uh, it's been a good run. Good working with you. Now we're going to go ahead and move to this new system and they're going to sell their their dollars back to the United States. And when you have all of the debt, which I think China and Japan both own over a trillion in uh, U.S. debt. Um, you know, many countries own a lot of it. If that were to happen in such a precipitous manner, what we're going to see is the dollars come back to the U S shores in a very violent, like not violent, but in a very precipitous manner. They're going to, we're going to get flooded with dollars. It's like printing money. It's like, if this thing goes how they want it to go, it's like, they don't have to print the money. And in the meantime, the, the rest of the demise of of the United States game is the fact that we have the fire economy. What is it? Uh, finance, insurance, real estate.
0: Yes, and uh, is that I, I'm going to come up with a with a more colorful terminology for the fire economy, like fraud, uh, insinuation, <laughs> something like porn. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. The fire yeah. economy. Yeah, exactly. Finance. You know, finance you and real know the,
1: I mean, it is what it's the real
0: derail- right? it's, it's amazing to me. The fire economy is finding out what happens when it goes against an industrial power. And here's the thing, bro. Right. The Afghan pullout, the loss of Kabul is when the world realized that See, in 2008, the world realized that America spends money like a drunken sailor on shore leave. That The United States is insolvent. It's all been a, 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 a an, an act. And everybody knew there was an act, and even those that are smart enough to figure out, hey, this is a giant Ponzi scheme, played along on it because they benefited from it, right? They're like, oh, right, it's a bubble, yeah, it's fake, yeah, it's making up on nothing, but you know what? We're making, we're extracting this money and wealth out of it, and we're going to utilize it for the betterment of our nations, right? The Saudis do it, and UAE, so so many countries, right? So, in 2008, when when when, uh, when when the market crashed, everybody's like, yo, we can't trust these idiots. They, they, and, and they realize nothing's been fixed, but they're like, okay you know, we'll still go with it because after all, America is a world superpower. It's the loon hyperpower. And hyper then all of a sudden power. here comes Kabul and they realize they cannot even beat a bunch of goat herders on horseback wearing black pajamas and an AK. right? They were literally running out of there. And we've heard from guys like the guy that I have here that I've had here you know a couple months ago, uh, who was a major in the United States Army, uh, you know who went? It was a West Point graduate. Served under Stanley McChrystal, and he served under David Petraeus. And he was like saying, "Yeah, the Taliban were literally fighting us to a standstill at best, or we're losing the fight at worst." Okay, that's the god honest truth. And now the world's re- realizing after that whole Kabul pullout that not only are we worse than a drunken sailor on shore leave, but we're a sailor that can't even fight. We're the hundred. We're not the you know, 250 pound hulking mammoth of a man that's punching out the lights of everybody else. We're just a scrawny punk ass who's been throwing his weight around, trying to fool everybody, you know, into thinking that he's bigger than what he is. We're the Wizard of Oz, we're the man behind the curtain. And dude, the question becomes what's going to happen when the rest of the world wakes up, probably by the end of December, okay, early January, and that morning. They wake up and they see that not only has America lost Kabul, but they lost Kiev. Oh my God. The last shoe to drop. If there was any doubt that the American military is nothing but a Hollywood invention, it will be answered then.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's a sad thing. You know, it's it's my country, I love it, but unfortunately you know, we're here at a time that the fraud is kind of coming to an end. So it was great while the fraud was going, but you know, that's just, that's how fraud works, right? It's a Ponzi scheme. Um, so, you know, I, I think that though, what what is really interesting here, and what actually is in the background is the fact that um, all these countries, and, and again, let's let's just really quick bef- to seal up that discussion, right? Before we move on to the BIS, um, you know the f- the fact that they knew to do this is what we'll go on to. I in have a moment, time if we but... need to go
2: longer, guys. I'm not sure about V, but if, if we need more time, I I, I can afford that. Okay. Yeah, you guys well, can go lower. I have a hard stop at twelve. Okay. but cowboy. Go. I want you to continue, cowboy.
0: You're getting into a deep go ahead. Sure. Sure. So
1: I'm going to go over like, what is the, the quick definitions by Investopedia? I like Investopedia. Um, they're going to give you what is like the um, the sterilized <laughs> discussion, <laughs> like the sterilized definition of things. Um, so, and then V, you can kind of come in and we'll, we'll talk about the real one, but I'm going to share screen here. I think this is the one. Yeah, it's got to be it. And I can, I can enlarge this if need be. I can zoom this in. So what is the Bank in International Settlements, right? So headquartered in Basel, Switzerland, founded in the thirties, the bank, the BIS, Bank for International Settlements is a bank for central banks. So it was founded in 1930, Bank for the BIS, the oldest global financial institution and operates under the auspices of, international law. From its inception to present day, the role of the BIS has been ever changing as it adapts to dynamic global financial community and its needs. Um, It goes on to talk about how the BIS was a chameleon. It was kind of um, taking the job to, uh, it it initially started to kind of fix the financial problems that occurred World War II, Berlin. Um, And then after that, it turned its focus onto the defense and implementation of the World Bank's word system right so essentially the bis has also emerged as an emergency funder for nations in trouble coming to the aid of countries such as mexico brazil during the debt crisis in 82 and 98 respectively in cases like these where the international monetary fund is already in the country emergency funding is provided through the imf program so um they also were kind of refereeing for the European monetary system, which as we know is kind of a shit show. Um, and they were doing that up until 1994, kind of, I would assume backstopping the, the European system there. So, you know, daddy's not helping them anymore as much. Um, that's the BIS. Now it does talk about the international monetary fund. So the IMF is kind of like, if the IMF is in your country and you're in trouble, they're the ones who are going to help. The BIS is more of a lender of last resort. So the International Monetary Fund is an international organization that promotes global economic growth, financial stability, encourages international trade, and reduces poverty. That's what they say they do. Um, They actually have a lot of gold. Um, Supposedly, they they have more gold than most countries do. Um, and a lot of people thought the reserve currency was going to be the next reserve. The Bretton Woods three was going to be like the special drawing rights, which is, um, basically a basket of currencies and it represents, a, it's like a currency made up of other currencies. Um, so, you know, primarily the dollar, the pound, the Japanese yen, um, and uh, i think the euros in there and then china was allowed a seat at the table maybe 5 years ago or less it was it was in the time that i've been working with the v that the, that china was allowed to be a part of the special drawing rights and you know the thing is though is that the imf and the bis they somehow must have given a signal to these countries that the bis was going to change the tier the gold tier status Because they all accumulated a year or two and they accumulated or they repatriated and then accumulated 60 times more in that year than they had in like decades, like ever before. So, you know, somebody said something, right? And if you think the United States doesn't know this is going on, that's ridiculous because the United States probably has a very strong hand in what's going on here. And it does kind of, what the conclusion is, at least by Checkman, is that this could be the controlled collapse. This is the way that they're going to destabilize and basically take away America's wealth. Because if those dollars or when those dollars come back to our shore in mass, we're going to be flooded with money. And at that time, we're also going to have a lot less control over the rest of the world because... The dollar's not the reserve currency anymore. You know, we don't really have a finger in all the pies of these countries. We don't have a say. They we just they can tell us to f off a lot more than they can right now. And uh, it'll be like a hyperinflationary event. So then interest rates are going to like really go up high, and it's probably going to be an, an emergency scenario. At which time the uh, the new currency will probably come out. We'll probably go to our new system at that point. So I've heard, and V, you're going to have a little more information on this, I think. But I have heard that the CBDC for the U.S. is like a few years out. One interesting thing about Basel III. So Basel III is essentially um, the agreement that was created by the BIS in Basel, Switzerland. Um, And it was an agreement that put some more kind of financial rules on the banking system. Um, so it was in response to the 2008 great financial crisis. They wanted to kind of tighten down on things. But what's really important is when does it go into effect? Well, some of it already has, but a lot of it is going to actually begin implementation on January 1st, 2023, and to be phased in over five years. So five years is a magic number, and we're almost to 2023. And like I said, I keep hearing that the CBDC is at least five years out. And you hear that from people on the like Associated Press News. And it just so happens that Basel III is going to go into effect on January 1st in a few months. And that is going to be phased in over five years. So what is that? Well, some are calling the rest of Basel III, actually calling it Basel IV. And I went ahead and delved into, there's a lot going on here. Um, You know, containing the use of internal model approaches used by some banks to calculate their capital requirements. That's fancy terms for not allowing banks to inflate their balance sheet. It's like not allowing banks to cheat. But the one I highlighted is actually key. We talk a lot on this show about leverage. I did a mini class on leverage two weeks ago on this show. So go back and take a look at it. But basically, it's a way of borrowing money very short term. To, in, uh, to amplify your trades. So you can use $10 to trade $100 worth because you have 10 to one leverage. Leverage is crazy because sure, you can make your money 10 or 100 times faster, but you can lose it 10 or 100 times faster. And when you have heavy leverage, this is when you get margin calls. We also talked about margin calls. Margin calls are when you don't have enough capital to hold up your end of the deal in a leverage trade. And basically you're liquidated, meaning that the trade goes away meaning that that money is no longer floating around in the system. And that is not good because that's a decrease in money velocity. And a decrease of money velocity is extremely bad. It causes deflation. And deflationary events are basically what happens when all assets go down. So what they need is they need everything to keep going. They need everything to keep going. And so this I highlighted says that they're going to introduce a leverage ratio buffer to further limit the leverage of... Global, systemically important banks, banks which in parentheses means banks considered so large and so important that their failure could endanger the world financial system. The new leverage ratio requires them to keep additional capital in reserve. What that means is that they want to avoid margin calls. So the new rules mean that they're going to have to take capital from wherever they've got it, and they're going to have to actually hold that capital on their balance sheet to avoid a margin call. Now, when you take capital... Out of the market, that means whatever crappy yield you're getting, you're now getting less yield. So these banks are going to make less money, right? Now these banks right now are so, um, let's use the term inelastic, that like it, let's just say you inflate a balloon a little bit and you put a needle in it, like nothing happens. But when you inflate that balloon all the way and you prick a pin and it, it pops. And these banks are so inflated that just a little tiny bit, th- th- this additional capital reserve requirements are a pin to pop that balloon. And they've held that off until 2023. Yeah. So if you think about it, the re- and it's going to be phased in over a five-year period. So it doesn't mean it's going to start in January, but the, the conditions that are going to cause a lot of financial contraction are going to be slowly put in place over the next five years and we keep hearing that the CBDC is five years away. So with a few minutes left in the show, I actually have covered what I came here to cover today. Um, but V, with whatever time you have left, I'd love to hear your opinion on the synchronicity of these events yeah. and how you see it playing out in the markets the next the, few the, years. The Tower
0: of Basel, the Nazi institution that was set up by Adolf Hitler and the, and the SS back in 1939, I believe it was, when the – the Tower of Basel was created, and uh, you have the the Bank of International Bullshit and Settlements. Um, they're very linked at the hip with the Davos crowd, right? Now look at the the now it's pretty interesting within, and this is a complex onion, so bear with me. Within the BIS itself, there are those who believe, and there are you know central bankers who believe in this the CD... Central bank, the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, okay, and those who really are proponents of it <clears throat> are very much linked at the hip with the Davos crowd. You know that's going to be your 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 BOE, your uh, Bank of Japan, the BOJ, the uh, the uh, uh, European Central Bank, the ECB, and of course the 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 Fed over here. The problem that they're having, and even though they said it's a five-year implementation process, they're having a great deal of problems because they do not have the necessary, not only infrastructure to pull this off, nor even the technology to pull it off in an effective way. What people fail to realize, your COVID pass, okay, that was that dry run that they created, the whole COVID pass thing, was a dry run for the infrastructure system for the cbdc and we all know how that went it was a disaster okay it was an absolute disaster now a country that has a um, very good programming and engineering class of people that know how to create efficiency and work on efficiency is china They've come out with their own CBDC and they've beta tested it. And guess what? They wanted to see if it's something that the people will utilize, that it will work out effectively. And it really doesn't. It's been an abject failure. So if the most efficient country fails on it, that has the programming and engineering talent to pull it off and the infrastructure to do so, right – what does that tell you about countries like in the U.S., where it's not even possible, right? Again, it's a five-year program that they want. I mean, there's a lot of banks. Some of these banks I know. Some of these banks I've worked with. Okay, there's one in New York that I've worked with. There's one out in the in the Southwest that's also a major player. That's in, you know, a top list. That's also have a you know a structure based on, you know, this new quote-unquote uh, decentralized in the sense of you know, it's not utilizing the typical rudimentary infrastructure that usual bank banks operate with. And they're having a hell of a time. They're having a hell of a time. So it's anybody's guess from what these white papers at the BIS puts out that when the CBDC is gonna is going to roll out. Now, that being said, it's also quite interesting. That, what is the cryptocurrency that the, 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 the tower in Basel gave their blessings to? XRP. Right. And there's also one more
1: Bitcoin but, or Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum.
0: No, yeah. Well, Bitcoin. They have given the green light, okay, for Bitcoin to be used as part of a bank's um, reserves. As a part of a percentage of a bank's reserve, the BIS. A couple months ago has okayed and greenlit for banks to utilize BTC as the uh uh as part of their reserves. And they've also greenlit gold. They've also greenlit, you know, XRP, right? So it's I think interest- it's more like
1: the the IMF is greenlit XRP more than anything else.
0: <clears throat> Correct. And the, I'm sorry, yeah, the International Monkey Fund. But the BIS is greenlit Bitcoin. Now in order for the CBDCs to work, there's a there's a framework, and I'll go into it uh, starting uh, maybe tomorrow or next week. Next week we'll go into this next Thursday because I got I got to hop off. One of the frameworks that are, that are being tossed around in the boardrooms today is having Bitcoin being a reserve currency that will be an anchor to floating baskets of various. CBDCs like the Fed coin, the European Union coin, uh, uh, the, the, the 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 digital pound, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Right. So this is one of the frameworks that they're considering. And it's interesting to see that they are looking at that, you know, so uh, I'll save the rest for next week. Uh, gentlemen, I have to hop off in fact, my clients are all calling me now. Thank you so much, CJ. It's all leaving it up to you guys. Cheers.
1: See ya. See you, dude. See you, V. So I know uh, the last kind of question that – and I want to hear. That's that's exciting that we're leading into that for next week. So uh, V and I will put some together for that. Um, as far as – I know Vellis was talking about salted gold. Um, and, I, and I don't remember the details of the incident, but there was an incident maybe within the last 10 years, might have been more recent, um, where we I know China wanted gold. There was a time when, uh, for whatever reason, they wanted to either repatriate their gold or they wanted us to pay our debt in gold. I think it might have been interest payments on the debt owed. And um, I don't know how it happened, but somehow they got what is called salted gold. And what it means is that they uh, took the right amount of tungsten, which I believe is a little heavier than gold, if I'm not mistaken. And they went ahead and like <laughs> had a gold brick with a tungsten uh, tungsten core, um, so they can do it with like numerous metals. And all you really have to do is have gold on the outside and have it be the right weight. Now you can test gold with like lasers and stuff like that, but you know if they do it every twentieth brick. You know, you have a lower chance of being caught. Um, you know, I mean, in the old days, you actually had to drill through the gold to even discover that that might have happened. Um, so, you know, if we're talking about gold and Fort Knox and deep storage, it might just be that that gold is salted. Um, in fact, Vela's is saying that here, a number of vaults started testing their gold because it's not entirely gold. And China was finding the gold they had in their vaults to be salted. Yeah, so that that's, you know, part of how the lies are being told. <laughs> so um you know when i heard that i mean that's like our government is actually like sending bs gold to pay debts i that to me if i were china i would be like who do you think you are and that would be the beginning of the end if somebody paid their debt with fake gold it would be the time when okay we need to start creating a new system cuz this is done That's that, that would be my decision if somebody was going to lie like that. So anyway, um, I will be excited to talk next week as far as the cryptocurrencies and how they might be fit into the new, um, the new currency.
2: Yeah. I think what we're heading into, and I think I probably need to get him on and see if his thoughts are are still the same, but you know, Jim Willie coined this uh, several years ago when he said that we're heading into a dual universe. and, And I, and I, if you really map this out, it, it makes absolute sense, especially in the areas of geopolitically, how there's very little uh, trust within the, the, the powers that be within uh, international commerce trade. So Jim mapped this out, you know, so I'm not I'm borrowing it from him. And he believes the dual universe will, will be a centralized currency that we use for domestic, you know, here in the United States. That will be completely different than what international settlement is used for, and that that dual universe is is starting to take shape, you know, as we speak. When you know we didn't get into it, but you know, regarding using commodities, um, you know, oil or something like that, gold potentially for backup, uh, but we'll we we'll operate in a dual universe. So centrally, we'll be have one, you know, domestic type central bank digital currency, but it's not going to be plugged into international things. It's going to be used here domestically. And then we'll have international. How that how that works globally as we travel or visa, Mastercard. I think they're still, you know, drafting that. Um, you know, I I haven't I don't have the time to read into it. Uh, but if I was follow, following the financial markets in depth, I would definitely be paying attention to uh, Biden's executive order uh, that he signed in in March, uh, really kind of streamlining uh, the the ability to start looking at these things. Aggressively understanding that systems are change, that systems are changing to develop these. Uh, V's right. There's we don't have the technology to do it. The government doesn't. For God's sake, we couldn't even put a website together to do uh, Obamacare. Right? It collapsed within the first hour. So, so we don't have the talent within uh, the 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 regulatory, uh, it, it, you know, the, the the banks, the government to do this. Then they're going to be sinking. I think they actually did. I think they were actually looking for white papers uh, from different uh, 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 cryptocurrency development things saying, Hey, can you help us do this? And I know that they received numerous ones uh, to do that. So again, I don't have time to, to, to read into it daily, but um, you know, this executive order and what it maps out, it's, 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 it's pretty forward thinking in terms of, you know, looking, partnering up here in terms of regulatory here domestically, but then also internationally, how that potentially could work. And they're going to piggyback that off of and using like the Fed now program, which is already active. It's already being tested by, numerous banks and financial institutions and the fed now is going to be is strictly built to do this and that's to compete with institutions like paypal um i'm trying to think of some of the other instant uh zelle uh what's one of the other instant ones that that people use quite often venmo Venmo. so the fed now program is is to compete with those because they understood that look those institutions are holding quite a bit of money especially in the uh, uh certain aspects of how people earn their income and so they had they had to develop the Now program uh, to, com- to compete with that. So it's it's very interesting in terms of I don't think they have it completely understood how that's going to shape and it's going to evolve. But I, I I really firmly believe that we are heading into that dual universe that Jim Willie mapped out several years ago of a domestic type uh, settlement that we'll use. But then internationally and, and big picture, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, paying for something. I'm talking about, hey, you know, millions and billions of dollars of trade and what's going on that. That that system will be plugged in with the international uh, community and how that's going going to work. So it's a very interesting uh, to 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 monitor this and it's happening in, in real time. It'd be interesting to know what uh, committees the committees that Biden signed for and you know what they're currently doing to to work with and work with different companies. So it's 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 a pretty darn pretty darn fast. I think it's here. We don't have much time for it. So it's but it's, I think it's going to come real fast, uh, cowboy.
1: As hobo, uh, just said, uh, hobo sermon says, Do you know that Thai gold is not included in the world's gold supply? I wonder how much gold is like that, you know? Um, exactly. Yep. And yep. Jim Willie, um, what he calls it like the scheiß dollar, so which is German for shit. And it's just, I mean, they just say scheiß like they say trash, it's not like they're calling it feces. But he says, What we'll have is the it, here in the States, it'll be the scheiß dollar. And internationally, um, I don't know. I think he's a gold bug. So I'm assuming that he assumes that the international trade settlement currency will be backed by gold. Um, I know the Chinese gold trade note, I think, is backed 20% by gold, or at least that was the intention at first. Um, the The gold bond apparently is convertible directly into gold. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's probably going to be, whenever this goes down, a very large revaluation of gold. Um, and it'll probably have to be revalued to whatever degree is needed to cover the assets of the world without too much interruption. So, I mean, that would be—I mean, I don't know—ten times more than it's worth. I mean, you know, gold is what is it—a ten trillion dollar market? It's not that big. So, you yeah. Know, and, if and Jim
2: also said, you know, that, that the dollar will continue to rise; it'll go up, 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 and up, and, and gain disappear. tons of, amount of strength, and then do go away. It'll cool. it'll disappear on the way, uh, which is. You know kind of making sense a little bit, so very
1: interesting for sure. I think it was Hobo asked me the other day, it's like, Hey, whatever happened to Jim Willie? It was somebody, it was somebody in our group, you know. I think it was uh, another guy named Bit Matt who asked me that.
2: Uh, whatever happened to Jim? Willey, yeah, Jim, well, yeah we, we communicate on a daily basis. Uh, Jim is doing well, I uh, need to reconnect with him real soon. Um, we had a variation, full disclosure, just of, of uh, some different opinions in regards to uh trump and all that kind of good stuff and and you know some of the woo um through that that time period um you know Does i don't I, trust the plan trust plan. i don't i don't agree with anyone that says that trump is in charge of anything right now i know that there are some people out there that will trump is currently in charge of the military and certain aspects of the military and-
1: well yeah he, he's <laughs> underground in colorado you know
2: <laughs> some people do not they cannot give up on their belief system because it it, it would it would fail them and they they're you know, I'm the first to admit if, if, if I make a mistake or, you know, fail to assess anything, but that's, not, I don't want to digress too much, but yeah, I mean, great conversation, uh, Cowboy, uh, anything that you want to close it out with, uh, go for it.
1: Oh, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you CJ for, you know, yeah, that, that bit of input. I, I had forgotten about the, uh, Jim system. That was, that was solid. So, um, I guess until next week, huh?
2: Yep, we will be back uh, next week, next Thursday. Uh, So keep it locked and loaded right here at Rogue News. Again, uh, this stream uh, did stay up on YouTube. Uh, We didn't go anything into the woo and everything. But do us a favor, go to roguenews.com. We actually added at the bottom a playlist. So I, I had a couple emails requesting like, well, how can I go and look for specific content, specific shows? So they are listed there at the bottom that will automatically bring up previous shows um that sometimes you have to you know go back to previous shows to understand or we we mentioned those so so go to rogue the best place to bookmark uh, you can actually subscribe as well and i uh, want to thank all of our live listeners for tuning in the chat room was very active day so appreciate that um, i don't think there's anything else lined up for the rest of the day but uh, if there is we will post it in our discord i uh, want to thank all of the people who will participate in discord if you want to join the Discord. Drop me an email, cj at roguenews.com, and I'll send you the link. Cowboy, thank you so much. Great stuff today, man. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you.